that. Um, we've, we've talked about it, uh, and I think you can take it from where we've, what we've talked about. Next one, and, and I kind of use the, uh, the little footnote numbers when I'm making going back and forth. So number two there starts rendering to everyone his due. His due, what's owed to him? Now, again, as we go through these, keep in mind that we broaden this out from purely the monetary, the tangible. We've got the spiritual, we've got uh, the social, we've got in, in the intangible, but we've got all those that are involved there as well. So you, you kind of, what we were just re, reading in Psalm 15, he that backbiteth not with his tongue. Well, what are you do, doing relative to this commandment? You may be breaking other commandments as well. But relative to the eighth commandment, if you're backbiting with your tongue, what are you stealing? Uh, reputation, uh, maybe, maybe their job. Maybe their friendship. Okay? So don't, don't fail to broaden this out and make the applications that need to be made. Giving everyone his due, what's owed to him uh, legally. So certainly if I owe you $100 and I come and say, well, I'm going to pay you 90 and you just got to eat the other $10. You just have to write it off. No. No. I owe you $100. If I owe you $100, I need to pay you $100. If there are extenuating circumstances and I ask for mercy, and you show mercy, and you forgive me $10, okay. We have a parable about that, don't we? Man, it goes to his master. I can't pay. I'll pay you this much. Master has pity. Okay. What did he turn around and do? Yeah, demanded payment in full. Threw the guy in jail, if I remember correctly, because he wouldn't pay. So, um, rendering to everyone their due. Position, okay? If we're an employee, rendering everyone his due would be fulfilling your obligations as an employee the way you should. And, and that takes you back to the first part, truth, faithfulness, and justice. So, again, don't, don't let these things get limited. Number three in our answer, restitution of goods unlawfully detained from the right owners thereof. So giving back what belongs to somebody else, that's unlawfully. So if somebody's giving you something to keep, now, you, you obviously give that back to them, but that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, now, if when it's time to give it back, you don't, then maybe we are in that category. But we aren't talking about what's been entrusted to you that you then turn around and give back when it's supposed to. But making restitution, you give back what belongs to somebody, and you make it right relative to your withholding. Remember? Zacchaeus, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've taken from people, I've used my position 
to steal from people. I'm going to pay it back, and I'm going to pay back more than I took. Making it right. So making it right is not just giving it back to them and saying, thank you very much for the use of your money or your property or whatever um, while I had it. Uh Restitution. Now, it's easy to see how these three, these first three that we've considered, doing what's right in contracts, rendering to everyone their due, restitution of goods, it's, it's kind of easy to see how that fits in the Eighth Commandment, isn't it? I mean, we just talked about it. Easy to see how you're stealing. All right. Pay attention to this number four, because I'm fixing to ask you how in the world it fits in the Eighth Commandment. Number four is giving and lending freely according to our abilities and the necessities of others. Giving and lending freely according to our abilities and the necessities of others. Do you see any stealing in there? Look at your proof text. I want to hit them real quickly, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about the question I just put to you. Uh, I'm on page 480, in, in number four there with the proof text. Give to every man that asketh asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. Boy, <laughs> that one. Somebody takes it away from you, you don't go back. It's our attitude toward what we have, is what I put by that one. Our attitude. The next one, verse 38 of Luke 6, chapter 6. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. You pile everything in you can fit in. Shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet, with all, it shall be measured to you again. So that's your liberality in your giving. And again, but we're talking about stealing, not giving. So we're going to have to tile this together. All right. First John three seventeen. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? So, obviously, the word there is compassion. Compassion. So, we've had our attitude, our liberality, our compassion. Ephesians 4.28, let him that stole still no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Our honesty. That's what I put by that one. Our honesty. Galatians 6.10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And I put desire by that one. Now you may have other words that, that fit better for you, and that's fine. I just am giving you kind of what, as I read it, what, what came to mind. So our attitude, our liberality, our compassion, our honesty, and our desire as to what we have. All right? So we're dealing with what we have. Because again, look at the answer. 
giving and lending freely according to our abilities. If you don't have it, you can't give it or lend it. All right? And there's no expectation there to do that. But according to our abilities and the necessities of others, the Lord doesn't expect you just to go walking around handing out money. There, needs, there should be a need. Now, if you want to give somebody money, you know, that's fine. But we're talking about necessities and your abilities. All right. Now, let me come back to my question. So what does this have to do with the Eighth Commandment? Good and loud now, because I'm deaf. Okay. Okay. And I mean, even there, the, the, the reference to Ephesians, the whole principle of working to be an advocate others. But God gives us things, certainly for our own benefit, benefit of our family. Um, but also, we can take care of those that, that God puts into our lives. We can't take care of them. And if our attitude is one of clutching and snatching what God has given to us exclusively for ourselves, we are, in fact, robbing. Okay, good, good. All right, Jordan noting, Paul? You. It's just the, the principle, the interpretation principle that any commands that the opposite is also true. So the opposite of stealing is giving Good, good, very good. Our, one of our rules of, of, of interpretation of the commandments that we talked about last week, I think, we picked up on. Good. Anything else? Anybody else? Good. All right. Point. You're right on point. Uh, very good. Because when God gives us, according to our abilities, when God gives us something, God may put it in your hands. And, and stop and think about it. Stop and think about it. So, that opportunity, that opportunity to do for somebody, what does that result in? I mean, just humanly, practically speaking. When you can do for somebody else, give me some of the results. Relationships. Relationships. Good. Good. There, there's, there's an appreciation and, and there's the joy in helping and there's a building and a binding and a unity and an appreciation. And certainly within God's family, isn't that what we're after? So now, going back to what was Jordan and, and, and Paul were saying, with, with what God gives you, the opportunity to use it to build the relationships. To bless and be to, to bless and, and, and be a blessing, to, to be blessed. There's so many things that work out of this. Now, we're we're talking and we think primarily financially. Can we think beyond financial? What else can we give according to abilities? 
time. Okay, the Lord gives you a little spare time. You can help somebody do something. What else? Yeah, using your gifts, okay. The Lord's given you gifts, and now you use those gifts in helping somebody. Uh, counsel, right? Uh, in, in, in giving some advice. The Lord's given you some knowledge in a given area. Now can you use it perhaps to help someone? Now, if you may have a job, obviously, and you're not expected to do and use your gifts for free in your work. But there may be someone who doesn't have a clue. And you pick up on that and you realize that these people don't have a clue. I can just give them some suggestions, some recommendations. Well, if you just do this. You know, think about doing this. You may need to do this. You know, the, I was thinking about this. Just, again, I use it a lot, but the cup of cold water. Okay? The cup of cold water. You withhold that cup of cold water. The Lord gave you the ability to give a cup of cold water and you withheld it. Because the Lord said, if you've done that, and this kind of gets back in part to Jordan's comments as well. If you don't use them, then you are taking, as it were, from God. I heard on the radio this morning. Coming in, it's in Proverbs. I didn't catch the reference, but and and I'm paraphrasing. Probably I'm not. Don't have the exact wording, but the the the, the verse is, and maybe some of you know where it is. It, again, I know they said Proverbs, but the the person who who giveth to the poor, considereth the poor, lendeth to God. Uh, wow, right in point. Right in point. So, as the Lord gives you ability and you don't, in part you're robbing from God. Jordan put it robbing from God's storehouse that he's given to you that you can use. The Eighth Commandment, because we didn't give, we violated the Eighth Commandment. Because again, I was saying, I was, okay, I can see it maybe somewhere else, but... Um, Fifth commandment, but eighth commandment. But then I got to thinking about it and looking at the text. I thought, well, sure. Sure. In fact, it is the most common way, I would say, that God has of meeting needs of people is through other people. You know, why'd your car break down? Well, maybe the mechanic has a need. And God said, I'm going to let you pay him to fix your car so he'll have the money to make his house payment. Now, you don't know that you're being used of God maybe at that point in time, and you don't always know. But it's the mindset of looking for the opportunities. If the Lord's blessed you in a way, start looking for opportunities. Because if the Lord's blessed you, then I would suggest to you, based on 
what we have in Scripture. Proverbs is full of, of doing things for the poor. Um, but uh, I would suggest to you that maybe God's expecting you, God's putting opportunities before you. And if you're oblivious to them, if you're turning your head to them, you're violating the Eighth Commandment. It's kind of sobering, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, and and you ever start to think what makes a cheerful giver? Well, the hard attitude. You know, they, they enjoy doing it, but part of it is they've done it and experienced the joy that comes from it. Wow. I, I, I was able to help them. And just just the, the joy in your own heart. Nobody has to say a word to you. There is just that certain blessing that comes from God that, yes, you did well. The joy in being able. Sometimes anonymously, they don't have to know who did it. You know? so, so, the Lord's blessed you. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. All right. So number four kind of thrown in there to, to, to make us stop and think. All of them make us, should make us stop and think, but that one's a little different. Number five, moderation of our judgments, wills, and affections concerning worldly goods. Now again, we think about stealing, we think about taking from others as a rule, Right? What's this one? Who's this one dealing with? Dealing with self, isn't it? Dealing with self. Okay, here we go again. (laughs) How do I I rob from myself? How do I steal from myself? Well, look at your proof text. One thing. But godliness... Godliness, doing what we are required to do toward God and man. Keeping the commandments. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. The idea of contentment here is a satisfaction in our soul. Okay? Satisfaction in our soul. Um, Take a look at Matthew, verse it's familiar with you, and it's in Mark and... Luke as well, but Matthew, we just look at Matthew's chapter 26, excuse me, chapter 16. 
verse 26. Again, very familiar verse. For what is a man profited? What does he gain? We're talking about godliness with contentment's great gain. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Godliness with contentment. A, a contentment in soul, in your soul. Paul, okay, Philippians 4. Paul says, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, to be what? To be content. To be content. Now, let me just ask you. When Paul didn't have any money, what did Paul do? He worked. What did he do? He was a tent maker. Sure. He didn't have money. He wasn't content to sit there with no money as such. That, that's not a contentment to be passive. All right? Paul went about doing what he needed to do. As we'll see, there's obligations here as well relative to that. But yet, with what Paul got from his tent making, he was content. All right, he was satisfied. If that didn't get him everything he wanted to buy at the moment, he was still okay. It hindered in one sense. I'm sure Paul, somewhere along the way, probably was sitting there thinking, Lord, you know, I need to be preaching and so wherever, not sitting here making tents. Can you imagine the zeal Paul had to give the gospel? And he had to stop and make tents. But at the same time, I think what Paul probably did was, all right, Lord, I'm sitting here making tents. So is there somebody here that I'm making a tent for or doing something for that needs the gospel? You put me here. He's looking for the opportunities. He had the gift of being a tent maker. So he started looking for the opportunities to use that to serve the Lord. Okay? Contentment, being satisfied in our soul. The, the idea of, um, in Matthew there, um, shall lose his own soul, it's, it's to injure idea is to injure your soul or to destroy your soul. Okay, that's, that's the idea there. You can get everything there is. But if that's all it means to you is to get it, you're going to injure your soul. Ultimately, you're going to destroy your soul in the process. If I'm getting it to fulfill my God-given obligations. That's what God expects. That's part of this eighth command. You work. You work to fulfill your obligation. You work to get. Nothing wrong with working to get. We all work to get. 
It's what you do with what you get. What your goal is in doing with what you get. All right. And in um, the last part of that, they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, just what we were talking about, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Destruction and perdition. Matthew 13.22 deals with that some. Galatians 6.14 there at the top of page 481 along with this, but God forbid that I should glory saving the cross, not in the riches, not in the fame, whatever it is, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Okay? Start getting the picture here. Stealing. Hmm. Still, and still from my own soul, still from myself. In part, I'm stealing from God again, kind of going back to what we were saying before. Because if God's given me these things for the good of my own soul, but I misuse them or misappropriate them, again, I'm taking from what God has given me for my good. And if anybody's got questions or comments, feel free. You know, raise your hand. Let me know. Paul. I think that, that clause is also talking about the, the things that cost you to receive. Which which clause? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and what, what do we, we talked about what's one of the big things that cause people to, to, to steal in so whatever way is a lack of contentment. But yeah, yeah, certainly. Moderation, how we view things, how, how they impact us. What control do they have over us? How do they affect our emotions? How do they affect our relationships? Am I stealing from somebody time I should be giving them because I'm consumed with getting? See? A lot of ways that this can be worked out, certainly. Now, number six, if you look at your it's your answer. Number six starts uh, a provident care and study to get, and then that's it, it kind of breaks into the answer right there, but it's got number six there as your to, to, to point out the reference that they've got. And again, consider as you look at the proof text now, these are the proof texts that the assembly, when they were doing these, put with these, okay? So you get some idea of a little bit of their mind in what they're doing here as well. So this a provident care and study to get, a little bit of what we were just talking about, 
You look at the text, the, the proof text, 1 Timothy 5, 8, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied, the, the idea of denied there is he's contradicted, uh, he's disavowed, uh, he, he, it's, it's not consistent. He's denied the faith, so the faith would require him to do those things. And is worse than an infidel, an unbeliever, somebody without faith. All right? So, and that's providing in every way. Financially, yes, but again, teaching, supporting. You know, you've got uh, Joseph. You know, again, Joseph been treated pretty bad by his brothers, hasn't he? Um, lives down in shackles for part of his life and prison and whatever. And he makes it up and obviously eventually brings his father and his brothers and their families all to Egypt. And what we're told is that he took care of all of them. He took care of all of them. He provided for them. Now that's maybe an extreme example of caring for your own. But if that's where the Lord puts you in the position to do that, and there's, remember, abilities. He had the ability. He certainly had the ability. And necessities. They didn't have anything to eat. All right? They, they were in a bad way. He said, fine. Y'all just come stay with me. I'll take care of you. Come live at my house. I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. And it's a, um, you know, that's in Genesis 47. You can, uh, you can see that, 47 verse 12, where he takes care. So all of these, it, it, we're giving in some way. We, we're, we're at least in... in the first one we're not taking. The first three we're not taking. Uh, these we, we're in some way we're giving. We're making use of what we've gotten to serve the Lord and to serve others in serving the Lord. Right. So again, a little, little different mindset from "Thou shalt not steal." Okay, I can't take what's yours, and that's probably where. You like me? That's kind of for a lot of your life. That's what you just kind of where you put the parameters for that. That's what it means, and it does mean that. Certainly means that. But I hope we're seeing all these commandments mean so much more. The Ten Commandments are the summary of the moral law, not the embodiment of it in its entirety. Oh, it does embody it once you start breaking it out. But you've got to do that. And you do that just like we're doing. As you look at Scripture, okay, and you see, okay, yeah, huh, makes sense. I can see that. This is the way this is working. 
Yeah. I can see how I'm robbing from God. I can see how I'm robbing from others by not giving. Never thought about it that much, but yeah, I now that we look at it, I can see that. So, good. All right. Number, well, finishing out that line, but number seven, that, that thought. A provident care and study to get keep, use, and dispose these things which are necessary and convenient for the sustentation of our nature and suitable to our condition. All right? A little bit of the same abilities and necessities thing, uh, but uh, we, we see here, and, and if you look at your proof text, um, there, Proverbs, thou, be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. Uh, so, so the idea of diligence and discernment uh, here, and you keep going, um, you're going down for riches and not forever, da-da-da. Thou shalt have goat's milk enough for thy food, for the food of thy household, and for the maintenance for thy maidens. You'll have enough for your family and for those that work for you. Which is the head of that household. It's your job to make sure it's there, isn't it? And the Lord says, if you're diligent... You're diligent in what you ought to be doing. You'll have what you need. You'll have what you need. You can look at the Ecclesiastes 2.24. There's nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul. Again, keep in mind what we were talking about, about the soul. Should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from, here we are with Jordan's comments, that it was from the hand of the Lord, the hand of God. Uh, next one, I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. Wow. So now we start kind of putting two and two together. 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. That moderation part we were just talking about, right? But in the living God, what? Who giveth? us richly all things to enjoy that they do good that they be rich in good works what ready to do what to compile to 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 put it and build more storehouses and whatnot no ready to distribute willing to communicate You could you could work with that verse probably all day and see, wow, how can I make this woo? Where does that fit in with where I am? And now we can see from some of these verses, okay, the eighth commandment. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. Using and maintaining what God has given to us. Diligence and discernment in using and maintaining what God has given to us. We're kind of in a section on what I put how we deal with the Eighth Commandment now. First part, we don't take. Second part, we give. This part is maybe practical application. How do we do it? All right, and we've looked at the first part of it. Number eight. A lawful calling. Lawful calling. Let every man abide. The, the proof text, 1 Corinthians 7.20 on page 481. Let every man abide. Right? Abide. Keep going. In the same calling wherein he was called. You look at the next verse, Genesis 2.15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So God gave Adam a job. Gave him a job. Did the fall change that job? Okay. But did, did it change it in principle? No. Got a lot harder to do, didn't it? Yeah, got a lot harder to do. But it never changed it. Again, works. A gift of God. When you really stop and think about it. The ability to work... Because why? Because God enjoys letting you enjoy the fruit of your labor. It's another way of being able to thank God. Because at the end of the day, when you've worked that day, how was it that you worked that day? Because God gave you strength and gave you health and gave you the mind. You, you stop, Lord, thank you. It's been a good day. I've accomplished some things and I owe that accomplishment to you. So, enjoying it. Chief end of man is to do what? To enjoy God. To enjoy God. And that's part of the way you enjoy it. Being satisfied. When you provide for those for whom you are to provide, there's an enjoyment in that. There's a satisfaction in seeing food on the table for your family. You may not stop and think about it a lot, but I guarantee you, if you don't have it, it'll trouble you. If the kids aren't eating, you're going to, you know, if I have to work five jobs, kids are going to eat. That's my job. That's my obligation. Or whatever it is. All right? There, there's that satisfaction in that. The enjoyment of God in fulfilling the Eighth Commandment. All right? Mm-hmm. Tina?
helps us done it in 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 Tina's comment we 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 in doing these things we are as it were being imitators of God in this respect and and when we then read verses about God delighting in caring for us and giving to us and using what his resources to provide for us to help us to give to us when we in turn do the same thing is is what Tina's we're just doing what God we're showing the world with the early church right what was the mark they, they, they cared they gave to one another they took care of one another they loved one another okay all right well our time's gone we'll pick up here uh-huh All right, so the question, who do we give to? Is there a limitation, i.e., when, when we're doing these things, is there a limitation on the obligation, maybe I should say? And maybe if I'm, if I'm I, I don't want to. You mentioned earlier, you see somebody in need, mm-hmm. you give to them. Mm-hmm. Well, you turn TV on. Okay. And Good you, question. You open the paper a month or two later. I'm not saying this is safe for children. If you find out that the money's been doubled by their CEO. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, we'll you can think about that and remind me next week uh, if I forget. But we'll pick up next week with that. What do we do with the gifts? Is there a limitation? Must it be channeled? I, I, I won't say must it be channeled. Maybe I say is the the obligation not to violate the eighth commandment limited to those of the household of faith? Okay, I mean verses talk about those, especially of the household of faith. Maybe there are indications there are ramifications. So think about it, and uh, and we'll talk about it next week because my time's. Uh, is gone for this morning. So, good, good question. All right, let's pray. Father, again, we are grateful to you for the blessings you give us. Lord, we, we pray that you would help us to do what we need to do to be Christ-like, to be Christ-like, who gave, who gave himself, gave of himself, gave himself to be a ransom for many. Lord, to die for us. Lord, to provide for us eternal life. We're thankful this day for the greatest gift given to man, the person of Christ. For God so loved that he gave. Lord, again, what we've been talking about. Help us. Help us to have wisdom. Help us to have wisdom in our giving, in how we use that which you Give to us to be discerning. Lord, teach us, we ask. 
Guide us by thy spirit and help us in the worship hour to follow. Lord, again, we need the help of the spirit to worship thee as we ought. So we ask that you would indeed pour out your spirit. Lord, we pray that you would save the lost and that you would edify the saints. Lord, do us good, for we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.